Good morning. Good morning. Glad to see all of you here on this beautiful Christmas Eve morning. A few brief announcements before we continue with our time of worship together this day. I'd like to remind everyone that we have two uh, Christmas Eve services this evening, one at 7 and the other at 11. Uh, so would love to see you uh, there at uh, either or both, even if you wanted to. Uh, and uh, remind you that there's no childcare uh, for either of those services, so uh, the families can stay together. I'd uh, like to uh, remind everyone, and this is super duper important, to pick up your Christmas cards in the back. So if everyone just look right straight behind you um, to where Jen is pointing. Uh, we've got Christmas cards back there. Uh, and uh, if you could check to see uh, if you have any cards left back there to pick up, that would help us greatly here at the church uh, to make sure everyone gets their cards uh, this Christmas. I'll let you continue to uh, look through your uh, bulletin. Uh, we've got some uh, uh, events coming up that I'm sure that you will want to be a part of. If you would, would you join me now in our breakthrough prayer? Amazing God, we pray that through the Holy Spirit, your preferred future for Groveport United Methodist Church will be made clear to us. Give us the courage we need to follow you wherever you may take us. We ask that you bind us together in love so that we may bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our friends, families, and community. Open our eyes so that we may see the amazing things you are already doing among us. Um, let us now quiet our hearts, our minds, and our lives as we worship the Lord this day. Thank you. 
Thank you, Nancy. someone's hearing aid mm. well let's please join me let's read responsibly this morning our call to worship welcome this day to worship come and rejoice for God's light is coming to us open your hearts and spirits and receive the blessings of God Okay, we're going to go a little backwards and do our opening song. I thought maybe we could figure it out. Oh, we figured it out. <laughs> Gary, Gary, play extra loud now that your amp's not on, okay? Let's all stand this morning and um, for our opening song. Oh, come all you faithful. <laughs>
first hymn. <laughs> it's a little more interesting. I'm going to let you be seated for this next hymn. And we're going to sing the way Today we light four candles. The first candle is called hope, and it is a reminder that God's promises are true. The second candle is called peace, God's gentle loving peace for our lives. The third candle is called joy because of God's absolute presence in our lives. The fourth candle is called love because of God's great love to us. Come, all is ready for the arrival of Christ our Lord. Let the light of these candles, called hope, peace, joy, and love, bring brightness to your life this Christmas. Please join me in singing the fourth verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David, and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. together as the body of Christ and share our joys and our concerns with one another and lay them before the Lord. If you have a prayer concern, I would invite you to fill out uh, the blue prayer request uh, form that is in your bulletin. You can just throw that in the offering plate and that'll be sure to uh, get to our uh, prayer team. If you are watching at home, you can send us a uh, prayer concern by emailing us at prayer at groveportumc.org, uh, or you can always call the uh, church and uh, leave a message or talk to Nancy in the office. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds for prayer. to the Lord in prayer. If, if you feel led, you are invited to come forward and someone will pray with you. Let us now lay our joys and concerns at the feet of Christ.
Lord, we have one day left, just one day. Can we get all the things done that we have set before us? Have all the cards been mailed? The greetings extended? The gatherings coordinated and placed in our calendar for the last rush before the big day? Have we forgotten anything? Have we forgotten anyone? It would be easy, O oh Lord, to say that we have forgotten the reason for this season, that, that phrase which is imprinted on keychains and coffee mugs. We think that if we post the note that says Jesus is the reason for the season, we will truly be fulfilling our Christmas commitment. But Lord, placing the words on the wall or, or taped to our bulletin board or, or on our refrigerator or car does not place the words in our hearts. We replace the glorious story of your incarnate word with tinsel and wrapping paper and, and believe that we are ready to celebrate. But Lord, that is not what this season is really all about. Come to us now, comforting God, with your powerful words of healing. Help us to remember the witness of Mary, a young girl who never expected to play such a role in the salvation history of the world. Put the brakes on our rushing and, and sit us down to hear the story of your absolute love for us. Get us ready for the birth of your Son, who will become our Savior. Move us from the focus of our festivities to a focus on witnessing about your love through serving others. Challenge us to reach out to people in need, not only with a check to support a particular endeavor, but with actual contact in ministries of sacrifice and service. In such times as this, remind us that we are called to proclaim your love through witness and through service. Almighty God, on the eve of your son's birth, we now lift to you a few of the, the joys and the concerns of our hearts. Lord, we lift to you Ron and Betty, both of whom had medical procedures this past week. We also lift to you Julie, who was taking care of both of them as they recover. Bring them comfort and strength this holiday season. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we lift to you, Delmer, who, who recently experienced the loss of his cousin. We ask for your comfort to be with him, as well as his cousin's wife, Sue. Lord, in your mercy. 
And Lord, we ask that you be with the family of Janet who passed away this week. It's difficult to lose anyone, but especially during the Christmas season. Allow your care and, and love to wrap her family this day. Lord, in your mercy. We ask for your guidance and healing to fall upon Melissa, who is dealing with addiction issues. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we pray this morning for Joyce, who is recovering from a recent stem cell transplant. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we lift to you all of those who are fighting cancer this day. Yolanda and Tom, Rex and Ron, Rita and Doris, Rita and Susan, Lori and Trent. Lord, help their treatments to be successful and the side effects of those treatments mild. Lord, in your mercy, And Lord, we raise to you the Bates family and, and all of their needs. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we pray this day for Lonnie, who will be moving in February. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, please remember Myrna, Terry's mother-in-law, who is in declining health this holiday season. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we lift to you Courtney, who recently lost her, her best friend, her dog. Remember all of those who are grieving the loss of a pet this holiday season. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you know what our concerns are before we even mention them. But we... We say them to you as a way of, of acknowledging you and all that you do for us. And so, Lord, we now silently raise to you the needs and the concerns on our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for this day. And we thank you most especially for your Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who makes life possible. And it is in his name that we raise these prayers. And we raise to you that prayer that he taught us so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, 
and the glory forever. Amen. Now is the time in which we can give back to the Lord a, a small portion of the many blessings the Lord has given to us. There are several ways you can uh, give to uh, our church uh, and to its ministries. Uh, you can, of course, uh, always uh, Use the offering plates, which will be passed in just a few moments. You can also give online by going to our website and also by using the Ezekiel app. The Lord has been generous to us. Let us now return to the Lord a portion of that generosity for his use. Let us give our morning tithes and offerings.
we ask your blessings upon these gifts. Use them so that the love shown through Christ may radiate through the lives of those around us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to give in your name. Amen. Let us be seated. And would the uh, children like to come up for our children's time? You wear you have a crown on your head? All right, just checking. Just checking. All right, I need a silent hand. Who can tell? <laughs> Never raise your hand until you know what it's for. All right, we've already volunteered. What is today? What's your Christmas? Christmas Eve, which means tomorrow is what? Christmas. All right. Raise your hand if you think you might get something for Christmas because you've been good. I see some sheepish hands like, uh, I'm hoping. I still got 24 hours to see what I can do. All right. So who knows what this is? What is this? A present. It's a present. Look at this. So what do you think's in it? Ryan? You don't know? A toy? A box? Probably. What do you think's in it? A Bible? A million dollars? All right, we're all going to Terry's house for Christmas. What do you guys think's in it? It's a box, yeah? A pair of Air AirPods? Wow. What do you think? Oh. <laughs> well, a what now? An, an iPhone 15 Pro Max? That's like a million dollars. All right. I, I, have to make a, I have to make a confession. That's actually what's in my pocket. Because I had to get a new phone. And, of course, I had to get the big one, right? I couldn't just get the cheap one. So, yeah. So, you're close. That's what's in my pocket. Uh, of course, I th think I'm just now humble bragging or whatever that's called, right? Uh, but... Um, no, let's see. What do you think is in this package? 
All right, it's, it's an ornament, but what, what is on that ornament? The manger scene. You're right. What's in a manger scene? Who's in a manger scene? Yeah, Jesus. And you know what? The greatest gift we get at Christmas isn't an uh, iPhone 15 Pro Max, even though it's got a nice camera, or uh, AirPods, which you can listen to your music on, or toys. The greatest gift we get for Christmas is Jesus, right, our Lord and Savior. So let's remember that uh, here in the next few hours as we uh, celebrate this most wonderful time of year. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the greatest gift ever given, Jesus. Lord, bless each and every one of these young people here today. Allow them to have both a magical holiday and also a Christmas in which they feel your love. Thank you for uh, bringing them here with us this day. Amen. Right, you guys can head off to uh, Junior Church if you want. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So, Dave, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. Thank you for the gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. You know, there are some events that just stick in your mind forever, don't they? Perhaps it is the first date that you had with your spouse. Or maybe your high school graduation, or buying your first car. 
maybe it's getting married. For me, there's a few things that, that, that stick out in my mind uh, that I, I'll, I'll never forget. One of them is when Michigan lost to Appalachian State. <laughs> September 1st, 2007 to be exact. <laughs> but there's something more important. A date that I will never forget. February 12th, 2007. It's the date that my son Owen was born. I remember, just like it was yesterday, it was cold outside in February. I don't know if anybody told you this about Ohio, but it gets cold and icy in February. And it was a cold, icy day. There was a, a snow and, and an ice storm outside of the hospital. But inside was nice and, and, and warm. And a few things that I remember about that day that I'm allowed to share with you is that I almost missed the whole event because I was at Subway. How many of you have ever been to the Subway at Mount Carmel East? Have you ever been there? Yeah, you've been there. Yeah, right? The subway's there. And I was told uh, 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 to, to, to go and to uh, uh, take my, my father-in-law with me and um, uh, to go down there and to eat because, quote, it'll be a while. <laughs> and this was back before we had smartphones, right? So I had a cell phone, but I had it turned off and... and uh, uh, well, apparently, we got to talking and got back up to the maternity ward and the, the, checked back in, and the nurse goes, oh, my goodness, where have you been? We've been paging you. Oh, I didn't know. I remember the first time seeing his cute little face and thinking, oh, my goodness, Somebody has made a mistake giving me this child. And the second thing that really stuck in my mind and sticks in my mind today is somebody should really send instructions with those things. <laughs> Have you ever had that, that very first night when that baby comes home and you're looking at it and it's looking at you and you realize I have no idea what I'm doing? I think of that day, of that time. And how much work it was to take care of a small child. And, 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 and how the, the birth of a child is, is so uh, uh, complex. And then I allow my imagination to wander. And I think about what it would be like to have a child not in a beautiful, warm hospital with a subway just down the hallway, but in a barn with critters. Now, don't get me wrong. I like spending my Christmas with critters. How many of you have a critter you'll be spending some time with this Christmas? Yep. My son, Owen, 
uh, at, at his school. They have like a little store set up where they can buy Christmas gifts for uh, loved ones, and they earn uh, uh, money by doing their work. And one of the first gifts he got were for his uh, two furry cousins, uh, Sadie and Kylie, and they have doggy antlers they'll be getting tomorrow, little headbands that go on their heads. I'm not quite sure when those were the gifts he picked out before mine. I see where I am on the pecking order. But imagine that you're with critters at the birth of your child because you had no place else to go. That's where Mary and Joseph found themselves at first Christmas. Mary and Joseph had joined thousands of others journeying to their hometowns to register for the census. If you remember, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, how uh, uh, everyone had to travel to their ancestral hometown to register in the Roman census so the Romans uh, could do a better job at taxing them. Everybody wants to pick up their lives and travel so that they can be taxed more. Woohoo! And Joseph took Mary with him on that journey that would have taken several days, maybe even a week, especially with Mary, who was so heavily pregnant. But Joseph probably wanted Mary with him him during this time, because uh, often during the Roman uh, censuses, uh, violence would break out, because people would be angry about having to go and to travel and to pick up their lives so the Romans could tax them. And so Joseph, maybe he wanted Mary to be close to him so he could protect her and the child that she carried. And so they travel from Bethlehem or from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Now, when we think of Mary and, 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 and Joseph going to Bethlehem, at least in my mind, I always sort of think of those Rankin and Bass TV specials with the little puppets. And there's a gazillion of them, right? One of my favorites is the one with the angry innkeeper He's like, you can't stay here. Get out of my sight. Did any of you ever get to play the angry innkeeper in your church's Christmas play? Next to being a shepherd, because you got the stick you could hit people with, it was one of the best parts, right? It was a coveted part. But if we really read the uh, scriptures closely, what we find is that it wasn't so much uh, an, uh, an innkeeper that uh, uh, forced Mary and Joseph to, to spend that first Christmas with the critters. Uh, uh, if, if we really read the text closely, what we find is that what Luke is telling us is that there wasn't any room in the guest room. Uh, the, the, the Greek word we, we translate often as in, especially in, in, in things like the King James Version, is actually better translated as a guest room. Uh, archaeologists tell us that 
uh, first century homes in, in Palestine were uh, often small kind of two-level deals. And uh, often on the first level, there would be a, a, a place where the family's animals would live because they were expensive. So uh, rather than Mary and Joseph uh, spending time in a stable far away, think of them more as spending that first Christmas in the family's garage. Because the house that they were going to stay in was more than likely the, the house of a relative of Joseph, and it would have been full of other relatives. And with, with, with Mary being so close to her delivery date, it was probably better for her to go and to have some privacy with the animals than it would be to be crowded into the guest room with all of the aunts and the uncles and the cousins. And maybe some of us are experiencing that already this Christmas season. The spot that uh, traditionally is said to be where Jesus was born is marked by uh, what's known as the Church of the, of the Nativity, which is one of the oldest Christian churches in the world. And what we find is that the house that Mary and, and, and Joseph uh, uh, went to was actually built in front of a little grotto or, or cave, which was uh, apparently uh, a common thing uh, for uh, the, the Jews living in the area around Bethlehem to do would be to build their house up against a hill and then to use the, uh, a little uh, shallow cave as a, a, a space for their animals. And so Jesus was more than likely in kind of a, a, a shallow cave underneath the family house with the animals. And that's the first thing that Jesus would have seen. The face of his mother, of his loving father, of the shepherds who came to see him, and the animals. When I think of this scene, I always think of the words, no vacancy. There was no room for Jesus in the nice guest quarters with everybody else. Yet that didn't stop Jesus from coming. Jesus came in the most humble of circumstances. When I think of the Christmas season, I ponder, do I have room for Jesus this Christmas? Is there room in my heart for Jesus? You know, it's a cliche this time of year for pastors to ask this question, isn't it? Do you have room for Jesus in your life? But it's a legitimate question. Do you? Do you have room for Jesus in your life? Do you have space are you willing to, to change some things that you are doing, some things that you hold dear in order to allow Jesus and his teachings to take root in your life? Are you willing to make room for Jesus and his love and his teaching to transform your 
relationships, your actions, the way you love and treat others. My friends, this Christmas, let us ask ourselves the question, do we have room for Jesus? Is there a vacancy in our heart? Is there a place for Christ? Let us pray. Dear God, I desire more of you. Please help me make room for you in my life. Help me to know that when I call, you will answer. Convict me when I need to make more time for you and be more obedient to you. Help me graciously receive your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
God asks us if we will be God's people. Our hearts want to shout yes. Go into the world feeling God's healing presence in your lives. Tell others about God's love. Do not be afraid. God is truly with you. Amen.